Hey guys, hope you're doing well. So I wanted to do a little bit of a follow-up on my previous episode about how to make more money by giving some of it to me. And if you've contributed to the Yuri Fund, which is really the fund to help you grow your business, then I appreciate you. And if you haven't already, then it's okay. At some point you will. <laughs> yes, I will suck you into the vortex of awesomeness and we'll see. Anyways, uh, so today the topic is keeping up with the Joneses, uh, keep, sorry, keeping up with the Joneses, big plates and making more money. Okay, so what the heck does all this stuff have to do? How do they relate? So let's talk about this. A number of years ago, when we started our family, so we lived in Toronto, which is a very expensive city. Uh, average price of a house is a million dollars, just for context. Uh, we live in a house that is significantly more than that, which is nice as an owner, but if you're looking to buy something, <laughs> different situation. But years ago, the the situation was very different, right? We, we lived in a loft, just Amy and myself, and uh, one bedroom plus den, 900 square feet, beautiful spot, but really thin walls, concrete floors, and we were thinking of starting a family. And we knew that we couldn't afford at the time a house in the area we were living in, so we said, okay, well, we gotta figure out a game plan here. And so my mom at the time was living in a smaller town outside the city, and we decided to move out there because it was actually a really nice, small, quaint town. And we're like, hey, this would be really cool because my mom's close by, we could sort of, you know, our family out there, it's a lot less expensive, and we could actually get a house. And so that's what we did. We sold our loft, moved out of the city, uh, like bought a house from this old lady, basically just gutted the whole thing and, and built it from scratch almost. So anyways, we did that and we lived out there for five years and three of our three of our kids were born out there, which was you know great. It was a really nice experience, but we got to the point where something really interesting happened is, and I, I don't wanna sound, well, whatever, however it sounds, it sounds. So the the town we lived in was, and this this is usually the case with most small towns, is you get a lot of small town mentality, you have a lot of people retired, and then you just have a lot of people that are not at the income level where their lifestyle, you know, is really inspiring, right? Let me just put it that way. So one of the days, like the, the needle and the, the nail in the coffin for me was one day I went outside my house, uh, went into my driveway to get my car and like literally just open my door, turn right. And I see my next door neighbor sitting on his porch and just here's a vivid image for you. So big, fat beer belly, sitting on the porch, wife beater, right, like a white tank top, beer in hand, pickup truck on the lawn, right? So the whole, like, hopefully you're getting that scene. That's my next door neighbor. And I said to myself, I'm done. There's no way I'm going to keep living here. And, like, no way. I mean... It was really nice living in a small town of 9,000 people. Like parking was free. You could get around very easily. You know, like there was no traffic. But obviously like if you wanted to go anywhere outside the town, like the closest Starbucks was 25 minutes away. Airport was one hour drive. Stuff like that became a bit of a nuisance. And it got really cold in, this, in, the, in the winter time. A lot more snow than in the city. And so I looked at, I looked at this neighbor and I said, you know what, like this, this is not me. Like this is not the life I wanna live. I don't wanna be surrounded by this environment. And I don't want my kids growing up with that around us, right? And, and I, I don't want to feel, 
listen, I don't want to sound like an elitist, but here's the reality. It's like you become your environment. And I knew that if I hung around that environment, those are the types of people my kids are going to be surrounded by. Their kids are going to be the kids that our kids start to play with and, and whatever. And not everyone was like that, right? But it was close enough where it became a bit of an issue. And like, what, like, if you've listened to my stuff, you know that one of my core, core tenets is your environment will shape you beyond what you can even imagine. And this is why I believe that keeping up with the Joneses is actually a really, really good thing for your business and you as a person. Here's what I mean by that. We moved back to the city and we moved back to one of the wealthiest areas in the city because we were in a position to do so. And I'm extremely grateful um, for that opportunity. And it's an area of the city that I think is the best area in Toronto. It's close to the airport. It's close to the lake. It's close to all the major highways, but it still feels like you're in nature. Like we've got huge, like 200 year old oak trees around us. We're a five minute walk to the river. We can go canoeing and kayaking. It's just, it's, it's really just, it's amazing. And the beautiful thing about where I live now is that, you know, we're surrounded by homes that are relatively, I mean, pretty expensive, right? Three, four, five, seven, ten, fifteen million dollar homes. And, you know, I get to walk down these streets every single day. And it's a lot more inspiring than seeing your next door neighbor with a beer belly and a bottle of beer in his hand at 11 in the morning. Do you know what I'm saying? And so the reason that I think keeping up with the Joneses is, is an important concept is not about trying to compete with other people. Like I don't care if so-and-so has whatever car or they live in a specific type of house. I'm not trying to play that, you know, keep up with those people game because quite honestly, a lot of those people are not in my line of work anyways. Like a lot of them, they're in, you know, the financial district. So they're in kind of like the, the Wall Street of Toronto, if you will. Like a lot of financial people, lawyers, et cetera, it's not my crowd. I mean, there's some people that are really cool we're good friends with, um, but it's just, you know, it's not, it's not my jam. And, but so with that said, just by being immersed in this environment, it raises my standards. It says, dude, like, hey, there's a plot of land around the corner. It's $7 million for a plot of land. Okay. Not even, not even to build the house on. $7 million for one of the nicest plots of land in the city. Hmm. Does that make a lot of sense? No, but hey, what if, what if that was something we inspired to you or aspired to? What would, what would we have to do in our business to add more value, contribute, change more lives, help more businesses? Because that became the aspiration. Just like as an example, like one aspiration. I'm not talking about like buying a house is the reason I'm in business. But when you surround yourself with higher ambition, you start doing things at a higher level. You see, like if I didn't have aspiration around me like this and this, this really inspiring environment, I would probably be okay with a lot less. And I'm, listen, like if you know me personally, like you know, there's, I'm a very stoic um, type of person. Like I can't stand having stuff in my house. I don't like other than my car, which even then I don't even, I don't even care, whatever. I mean, my house is my, is my, is my oasis. And there's, even then there's like, there's not a lot of stuff. Like you see me, like I wear hoodies most of the time. I don't wear fancy clothes. I don't, I don't, I don't spend money on stuff that I think is frivolous and ridiculous. Like we'll spend money on travel and do cool stuff like that. But for the most part, I, li I live a very simple life. Like I don't need to go out and party. I don't need to live a life of extravagance in certain areas. Yes. More than others. But the reality is like, 
when you live in environments where when you see that stuff, it starts to become possible for you because you're immersed in it. And when we lived out in the small town, it was just like, it wasn't part of the culture there. And it was really, it wasn't, not that I'm calling it depressing, but it was just, it depressed the level of ambition that I had. And I'm a very ambitious person and I need to be surrounded by people that think bigger. And that's why I'm part of masterminds where people are doing way more than I am in business. Because naturally, the the survival mechanism of the brain, the tribal mechanism of the brain is saying, dude, if you wanna be accepted into this tribe, you have to level up. And that's why you need to be part of a mastermind, of a coaching program with other people who are playing life at a, at, a, at a level above you that are going to pull you up just by you being in that environment. You know, we're, um, as an example, I'm in a, in a coaching program and one of, the, um, one of the initial milestones was to get all this stuff done and then have an initial kind of strategic call, if you will. And most people take six weeks to get there. And I got that done in a week. And one of my buddies who's in the group is like, holy shit, I need to up my game. And that's what happens when you're in these types of environments is you're surrounded by other people who are like, dude, yeah, we just did $50 million this year. Like, oh my God, wow, okay, cool. How did you do that? And now let me start to shatter my own belief system about what's possible. And the same thing, that's, so that's what I mean by keeping up with the Joneses, is being in environments that are going to raise your belief, raise your ambition, raise your standards. I was on a flight a long time ago with one of my amazing coaches and mentors, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. We were coming back from, event, from an event. It was in New York, one-hour flight back to Toronto. And this is maybe, I think, seven years ago. And I don't really fly business class if it's an hour flight because... For me, I'm like, I don't need to pay $1,500 for an hour flight. And I remember asking him, I'm like, do you, do you bother flying business class for this length of flight? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he said, it's about standards. And I thought to myself, that's interesting. That's interesting. And he, he was also of the belief that he would never do anything at home that he wouldn't do at the Four Seasons Hotels. I was like, that's a great way of looking at things. So he never did the cooking, cleaning. He's, he's older, you know, he's in his 70s now, but still an amazing person. Um, and just the way of thinking about that stuff was incredible. And so when you surround yourself with this level of thinking and success, you start to do things differently. It's like, yeah, I, like, I'd be okay flying economy, but if I could fly business class, why wouldn't I, right? Because... I've had many experiences in business class that are way better than economy. And I've had some horrific experiences in economy, including one time where a guy decided to stand up in the middle of the flight as the plane's landing and piss on the seat in front of him. I was right beside him. Yes, seriously, legit. Okay, I share this story with people. That's obviously a very, very abbreviated version. And they're like, dude, you are not serious about that. You're just joking, right? No, no, no seriously, okay? So there, there, there are things that happen in different levels of life. And if you can put yourself in those higher levels of life, you're gonna have better experiences, you're gonna be pulled up to, to do better things, to do bigger things, to make more money, to contribute in better ways. And listen, like if you're, there's a lot of really messed up belief systems in people who don't make a lot of money. And I've noticed, I'm not saying that as a generalization, I'm saying that as a, a matter of fact. And, I, and I've seen this and I'm sure you have as well. There are a lot of belief systems where people that are living in very, very, low income levels, believe that people with money 
are doing bad things. People with money are selfish. People with money should pay more taxes. People with money, that, 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 like all the negative stuff. But here's the reality. Anything that, anything of good that happens in this world comes from people with money. For the most part. I mean, like, yeah, sure, there are some cases of benevolent people who live like a monk. They don't need anything. But, like, for the most part, the people who are changing the world, like the Bill Gates of the world, they have money, right? So don't ever feel bad about making money because, as I've talked about many, many, many times, making money is a byproduct of creating value in the world. If you don't make a lot of money, all that says at a, like a really simple level for anyone who understands this is you don't create enough value in the world. And the sooner you can come to terms with that, the sooner you can accept that, and the sooner you can say, listen, am I okay with that? And if not, do something about it. So if I wanna make more money, if you wanna make more money, you have to think about not how do I make more money, is how do I solve more problems? How do I add more value to people's lives? How do I transform more people? That's how you make money. You make more money. So if making a lot of money is a bad thing, then how on earth are you supposed to add more value to the world? You can't. I believe being poor is selfish. It's, it's ridiculous, right? No one benefits from you being broke. No one benefits from you being poor. You can only help others from a position of overflow. And that's why you need to do, it's your responsibility as a business owner to continually push your business to the next level because your business is a lagging indicator of your personal growth. And if you're not growing, your business isn't growing. And if your business isn't growing, it's because you're not helping enough people. It's as simple as that, right? So let me talk about big plates for a second. Uh, Recently, we were driving out to Amy's parents for Christmas day and the 401 highway in Toronto, which is arguably the heaviest traffic highway in North America, traffic is really not not good worse than la so they're adding six new lanes and so this will be almost a 20 lane highway i believe and it goes the addition of these extra lanes is going on for 20 kilometers about you know 13 miles or so and i thought to myself you know, like here's what's interesting about this i don't know what goes into urban planning i don't know what happens in these meetings or or the the thought process that goes on behind this stuff But here is my theory. By adding six more lanes, all we're doing is increasing capacity for more cars. And if more cars end up on the highway, we're gonna end up in the same situation we're in right now, which is simply more cars and the same amount of traffic. And it's the same thing with big plates, is guess what happens when you take a big plate and you go to a buffet? You fill up the plate, right? So what is the easiest way to eat less food? You use a smaller plate. So I have a theory, again, I have no experience in urban planning, but I have a theory that instead of making highways bigger, what if we made them smaller and there might be less people on the highways? Just an idea. But in your business, what does that actually mean? What it means is create bigger plates in your business. And this is what I talked about last episode is create deficit in your business, a bigger hole that needs to be filled. I'm not saying do stupid things with your money and just waste the money so you have to figure out a way to make it and then pay it back. But I'm saying put yourself in positions like instead of relying on free organic growth to somehow get clients, which is very challenging to do, you invest in your business. You say, listen, I'm gonna spend $2,000 a month on Facebook ads. And guess what's gonna happen if you spend $2,000 a month on Facebook ads? You will figure out a way to make the $2,000 back. 
And even if you lost it the first month, you have a balance on your credit card now that needs to be paid off. And we have this weird mentality, this conditioning, most of us from a very young age, like pay off debt, pay off bills. You will find a way to pay those things off. Now, the challenge is even if your bill, even if your Facebook spend is $2,000, find a way to create a bigger plate. Find a way to trick your mind to say, okay, I've got to pay $2,000 on my visa to pay off these Facebook charges. But if you only made $2,000, you're back at ground zero. So trick your mind and figure out a way to increase the size of the plate to say, you know what? I actually need to make $10,000 this month. I have to make $10,000. It's do or die. If I don't make $10,000, they're going to take away my house. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. And, and really train your brain to believe that because if you put yourself in that position of absolute dire necessity, you will figure out a way to make it happen. But if you're playing it safe and you're playing it small, you will always, always hit, you will always hit the bare minimum. You will always hit the bare minimum. You're going to take your small plate to the buffet table. You're going to put on a couple carrots, a couple tomatoes, and you're good. And what I'm saying is take a big plate to the buffet table, load it up with food, and then figure out a way to eat the food. Now, obviously, I'm not saying you should, you know, stuff yourself with food, but the analogy for business is use a bigger plate, create more of a deficit, create a bigger opportunity for you to grow, and that is how you will make more money. Okay, I've seen this happen time and time and time again in my business and a lot of other people's businesses, and this is the reason why people ask us like, "Hey, Ray, man, like this, you know, working with you isn't cheap." And I said, yeah, no kidding. And you should be grateful for that because by paying us more money, what do you think is going to happen to your business? You're probably going to make more money. Why? Because you're paying us more money. You're using a bigger plate. Yeah. Could you find a cheaper program out there? A hundred percent. There's probably thousands of shittier, cheaper programs out there, but guess what? You don't pay, you don't pay attention. You pay less, you pay less attention. And if you want to take a smaller plate somewhere else, well, that's the capacity upon which you can make on that smaller plate. So don't look for the cheapest solution. Look for the most expensive one, not necessarily expensive for the sake of expensive, but the best value. Like if you work with us, it's not cheap, but it's also ridiculously cheap in the long run. When you consider this actually like the most expensive option is the one that doesn't work. It's the one where you're like, you know what? I'm going to go with that other option. It's like the, the course for $2,000 where I have to figure out how to do this all, all by myself. That's the most expensive option because that's not going to work, right? It's less than 10% success rate for a do-it-yourself course. And then, you know, like, again, like as I talked about before, like you should not be the least expensive option in your marketplace. Like with your clients, they're going to say to themselves, man, like, man, I wasn't expecting to pay this much. Yeah, I totally agree. And aren't you glad it is this much? Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think this is priced the way it is? Oh, I don't know, because it probably works. Yeah. Do you want what works? Like, do you want the best value or the cheapest price? Well, like you came to me because you want a result. Are you looking to get a result or are you looking for the cheapest option? Because they're mutually exclusive. You understand that, right? And so the way you price your stuff is in direct correlation to people's results that they get, right? And I want you to, like, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to incorporate premium pricing into what you do. You can never be the market leader by playing at the bottom. You can never be the market leader by competing on price. And the more you compete with others, here's the biggest issue, 
is that you are comparing yourself to other businesses instead of worrying and focusing on your clients. Because when you focus and obsess about your clients, you eliminate the competition. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. All you need to focus on are your clients, the problems that you can solve for them, and figuring out better and better ways to do that. And when you do that, you become the leader in your market. That's as simple as that. Anyways, so that is the deal. Keeping up with the Joneses, big plates, and making more money in your business. I hope this message makes sense for you. Listen, if you want to start to expand your plates and you want to create more capacity to make more money, to help more people, to attract more clients in your business with a lot more predictability and consistency, then that's what we do. That's where we can help. Go to workwithyuri.com. Tell us a little bit about your business on the page. Book in a call to speak with one of our results coaches. It's not a sales call. It's a coaching call. And if anything, it's for us to assess where you're at in your business. And if there is even a fit for us to continue working together, if you have no intention of, of working with us, totally cool. But if you do want our help to map out and help you deploy a proven game plan that can work for your business, then we can certainly talk about that as well. Cool. So go to workwithyuri.com, book in your call today. And thanks for joining me. I'll see you in the next episode.